Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris, and I don't know what we're doing today. <laughs> I would like it if more episodes began that way. Yeah. Hello, my name well, is Nick Argeris. I don't know what we're doing today. <laughs> is that not? Did people not know that? That I don't know what we're about to do. I think it would be. It's always good to make it clear. But yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. <laughs> they think this is. Planned. This is me having studied. <laughs> oh, this is the best my preparation can. All right. Uh, hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris and this week I'm looking for the best rewrite part one. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, and to help me, it's two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hello, Nick. Hello, Joe. Hello, Charlotte Bronte, if you're listening. And Charlotte, if you're not, good, because this week I brought a rebuttal to your 1847 novel Jane Eyre. This week, for the first part of our two-part episode, I brought Jean Reese's Wide Sargasso Sea, recommended by Lithead Denae. Yeah. Um, so now I can do my introduction. Hi, my name is Joe Holshue. I'm a high school English teacher. And to support Ian and his wonderful reading of Wide Sargasso Sea, I brought a bunch of facts about Jean Reese uh, in a section that I'm going to call Reese's Pieces. Oh, well done. <laughs> yeah. How sweet. Yeah. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> so, rewrites. This is... This was a, a Lithead recommendation, this mm-hmm. theme or this idea. And it's basically like these are books that have been rewritten into some sort of new uh, format. Well, the format's the same. It's still a book, it's, right, gentlemen? It's a book. That's the format. Oh, um, I actually brought a collection of sticks. Mine is okay. not a book. It's a collection of <laughs> sticks. Fascinating. Ian's book is incredibly it's been translated into wood. Very um, hard to understand. It's, it, they've been rewritten into some sort of new New take, yeah. hot new takes. That's yeah. what our, the theme really should be: is hot new takes, hot new takes, Ooh, hot new takes, hot take, hot new take, new new angles, new new age, new Zealand. metal, new metal, uh, new metal. This, this week, and this, new these, angles. These episodes brought to you by the rock band Corn, famous for having a backwards R. Did you is know that, that what new metal is? It is. I thought new metal was like Scandinavian. Uh, no, that's just like metal, metal. Um, All right. Do you did you guys know that that corn actually got the idea for the backwards R from Toys R Us? The vegetable? No, no. Uh, this no. sounds like one of those things that Ian's making up. <laughs> no, it's, I'm serious. Like Google it. Lidheads, go Google this. <laughs> Turn the show off <laughs> in your search history. Nick, do you want to read Jesus what Danae had to say about this? Because because <laughs> Danae's Danae's proposal for this this uh, episode is was interesting. I think it's worth worth airing out here at the top. All right, Danae Danae reads. Hey hey hey, this is what Danae say. <laughs> that's not what is that how it begins? I don't believe that. Danae, if you're listening, so that's sorry. how it starts. Which is I I mean I liked it. Um, I'm catching up on your podcast during the quarantine in the Netherlands, and I am currently listening to the episode about Jane Eyre, hence the suggestion. 
uh, wide sargasso sea, which we learned about in a previous episode, what sargasso sea is. Mm-hmm. It's where uh, the turtles nice. go. It's where the turtles go. That's right, Joe. Uh, is Jean Ray's uh, feminist take on Jane Eyre, where she gives the backstory of the, quote, uh, the woman in the attic. As an extra suggestion, it could be read next red. <laughs> it could be red. <laughs> it's really tough. Nick, that's not, that's a good mistake to make. As a, it's tough um, to distinguish. As English teachers, I feel like you are responsible for that, that oh, whole situation. Oh, yeah, sure. We need some disambiguation right. around it. So, yeah. Yep. Way to go, guys. Yep, that's on us. <laughs> it that it is could absolutely. be read next to On Beauty uh, by Zadie. Zadie, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Zadie? Yeah. Uh, Zadie Smith. Especially since both Ray and Smith are rewriting literary classics from a person of color perspective. Mm-hmm. Love your podcast, by the way. Oh, All the best. Hey, hey, hey. Podcast. My name is Danae. <laughs> hey, that's crazy. She signed off that way. That's too. actually her email signature. <laughs> oh, that, that's actually her email. No, I'm just kidding. That's not her email. Don't, don't please don't be that. emailing. Hey, hey, my name is Danae. Danae got doxxed. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so I was really uh, happy. Thank you for writing in. Um, that must have taken a while, all the way from the Netherlands. We appreciate that. <laughs> it's Ian, also, it's also representative. I'm not going to look up when the Netherlands dropped their quarantine because I don't want to mm. know how far behind we are. But it was probably several. Oh, this is old a while for sure. A year. <laughs> we're getting, yeah. you know, we're working. Uh, or we, you know, we finish the ones in America first, and we mm-hmm. we go to Europe next. We're working in a spiraling <laughs> out, yes. outward spiral. Um, you know, it's sort of a zigzag attitude, longitude thing. It's best not to get into. Ian, can you please uh, share with us today uh, the the a little bit more about uh, everything that Danae just said? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. So, uh. I'll just give you like a 30 second rundown of what this book is about. Maybe just start us off if you'd like. Oh, that would be, yeah, be, that nice. would be okay. appropriate. Yeah. All right. So um, the monster in Charlotte Bronte's novel, Jane Eyre, is a classic figure of gothic horror, a dissolute creature with no morals and a mania for murder. In Wide Sargasso's... I'm sorry, I didn't know there were interruptions in the 30 seconds, <laughs> Nick. Well, I didn't really set a timer. Okay. So I was just going to kind of let you Go keep ahead, talking. Go ahead and interrupt. That's cool. Is, now, is that a spoiler? Well, so here's the deal. Well, yeah. well, well, first of all, I'd like to point out we have already talked about Jane Eyre on this show. And we have. Therefore, about everybody the knows about the <laughs> Anyone who's so anyone. Hold on. In Joe's logic, uh, do you think our lit heads read every single. They do. Absolutely, they, they do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That'd be amazing. Hey, Lightheads, if any of you have read every single book that we've recommended, first of all, mm. I would encourage you um, just reevaluate some of the decisions. <laughs> I would encourage you to clear <laughs> no, We really appreciate you, but holy cow. Second of all, um, do write in. Send us a picture of all the books you've read stacked up next mm-hmm. to you like a look how tall ma type thing. Um, I'm going to finish my story here. So that'd be great. That's your time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this monster is a, is a, is a classic figure. Uh, dissolute, no morals, mania for murder. I want to get that mania because I I worked hard on that mania for murder. In Wide Sargasso Sea, Jean Reese asks if there's more to this character than meets the eye. How did she become the Mad Woman in the in the attic? And the answer is more complicated than we might expect. Because if it were simple, then it wouldn't be a good story. It would just be. No. Right. Uh, no, yeah. she's the legit evil and then it's over. <laughs> she she got bit by a spider. She got bit by a crazy <laughs> spider. You know, 
More people need to get bit by spiders. I, as, a, as a justification in, for in narrative. Literature. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 It's true. In literature. Google this quick. People How many people bitten bit by spiders? By spiders in- no, that's <laughs> not good. That's not good content. You guys aren't. You guys stopped making good content <laughs> as soon as you started Googling that. Uh, okay. So this is like a, it's a hot take is what you're saying on the monster. And is this yeah. a prequel? It is. It does it function a as a prequel, yes. Um, prequel. I think slash, you guys mentioned that in the teaser. Slash mid-quote. Mm-hmm. Like, the first two sections of this book take place before Jane Eyre. The third section play, takes place kind of in the in the unspoken spaces of Jane Eyre. Uh, but for the most part, it is it is backstory, yeah. So, like, I would imagine, like, Rochester is a character in this book. Like, we see Rochester. More or less. He's not called, he's not called Mr., he's not named Mr. Rochester, but if, for all intents and purposes, yes, that is who. Got it. And then, so it does is. Jane Eyre show up? Like, does she make a cameo? Briefly, yeah, in that third yeah. section. Uh, she kind of shows up, and, and she's sort of represented as this this sort of pale, ghostly figure, which is interesting. Oh. It's flipping and flopping. She's a monster now. Exactly. She's right. or, or Or spooky or scary yeah. somehow. Uh, is this an actual genre or is this becoming a genre? Is fan fiction an actual genre? <laughs> is that what you're asking? Is that what you kind say. of consider it? Is fan fiction? Okay, yeah, so so you ask a good, good question, Nick. Is this a is this a thing? Is this a genre? I think the answer is yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting, and I feel like we've I feel like this is like I've heard more about books like yeah, this, right? Yeah, you kind of revisit these classic pieces and whatever well, okay so that's pretty go good because this was news to me like when the genre came across or when the suggestion came across where it's like oh we should do books that are rewrites of other books i was like like superhero movies <laughs> like what well it's not, it's not a good theme name because <laughs> it's not a rewrite right it's like a riff well i think the, the question is always what's the relationship have you guys heard of a a little a little broadway musical i like to call wicked uh, I thought you were going to say Hamilton. Popular. Uh, I, I've heard of Wicked. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, Wicked We've is heard of doing Wicked. this. Yep. Wicked does yeah. this, or or any kind or of the Wiz. The Wiz. The Wiz is a good example. So, like, I think this is a this is a legitimate Spider Man. Old, like, not not. It's not completely new. Um, this book was published in 1966. One of the novels I teach in um in my cl- in my Britlet class sometimes is um a retelling of um. The story Beowulf, which I brought many years ago to this podcast, um, yeah. retelling Beowulf from the, the point of view of its main antagonist, Grendel. Oh, so Grendel. this is an old this is an old thing. I think it's really interesting for us to read retellings of classics, what we might call countertexts, and see okay, where do they match up? And more interestingly, what do we get from kind of those those that that active retelling, that active re reviewing. Okay, so no proper genre name. Let's come up with. I, I think I think you would call it, you would call it a counter text. It's a text that kind of it's not. It's not good. You shouldn't riffs. be in marketing. Riff riff laugh. I'm <laughs> counter text. I'm thinking more like got milk. All right, it's got to be. I don't think you can call it got milk. Baby. I think got milk is taken. I think it's okay. True. Got book. Got book. Got yeah, book. great. That's Let's good. call it got book. I'm going to take the boring, the boring approach. All right. And that is to give you, to give you some background. I'm sorry, but I think to understand, to understand this book, I've got to set you up with both, both the background from Jane Eyre and a little, little bit of historical background. 
Because otherwise, okay. it's just a story about a woman who gets married and then her marriage falls apart. But with this all this background, which I think is useful, um, it becomes richer. So, right. There's no way you should read this book in, unless you've read Jane Eyre. This right? is one of my questions. Like, we should talk about this yeah. later, later in the in the episode because I really wonder. Like, yeah, okay. So, so starting with <laughs> starting with Jane Eyre. Um, right. I'm just going to kind of give this give this to you quickly, but but um, but uh, clearly, kind of in broad strokes, so you have it. I'm not judging any of you for knowing or not knowing Jane Eyre, which is many, yeah. I don't many think we're ago. gonna. I don't think we're going to be able to like hit all the plot points no. or anything like that. Not but. I'm going to hit the major ones, though, the ones that matter. OK, so here okay, they are. Sure. First of all, one of our characters in Jane Eyre is Mr. Rochester, and he is sympathetic but flawed. Um, he's hot. He's hot. He's very hot. Sex- sexually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Magnetic. Okay, cool. I, I don't know if you don't think that's important, but I think it's very important. I mean, oh, yeah, I know what our, Jane our Eyre thinks want. he's very handsome. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um. Sexually, Mr. Rochester, Mr. Rochester. Yes, she actually says sexually many times, <laughs> just like you have. The first word that she uses to describe him is "ooh." Sexually, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> oh boy, I think Joe's Joe house is on left. fire. We offended him. <laughs> the word "sexually" may reminded him of something that he oh, needed no. to go to immediately. <laughs> Joe just got up from his chair just ran out of the room as fast as he possibly I would say he scampered that was a that was a full-blown scamper yeah I think so oh all right while he's gone (laughs) I'd let the dog out (laughs) okay so uh first of all Mr. Rochester is sympathetic but flawed and the flaws are important um the sympathy outweighs the flaws but he is he is kind of messed up guy one of the ways he's messed up is he does have a secret wife in the attic and she is (laughs) One of the ways, and maybe the primary way. <laughs> if any of you have a secret spouse in the way. attic, that's not cool. <laughs> so his wife, his wife in the attic, in the story, the story represents her. It's not just him saying this, but like the story, the narrative of Jane Eyre says she is mad. She is insane. Uh, she is murderous. And she is kind of framed as not exactly white. Okay. So the, the book is, the book is, um, the book is set in England. Everybody's white. Mostly. I think almost everybody's white. But she is kind of represented. The language used to describe her is kind of the language that's used to demonize people who aren't white. So that's the second fact. Rochester is sympathetic and flawed. Wife locked up in the attic. Mad, murderous, and presented as not quite white. Third key point. When Mr. Rochester kind of like talks through the backstory of this wife, because eventually Jane finds out and Jane's like, hey, Mr. Rochester, what the F is, is up with that? He tells her that the wife in the attic went mad because for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, because it's congenital. It's in her genes. She is kind of like her, her, her uh, family has a history of, of insanity. And being in the Caribbean, being in Dominica or Jamaica or, or um, Martinique, uh, it makes people mad. It drives you mad. This is a place which drives civilization out of people. It kind of sets you up to go mad. So what? Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird and messed up. Wait, 
I'm sorry. You're saying that, or the book says that? The book. I'm not, I'm not espousing you're this. Sa- you say that, Ian? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I'll never go. I, I cruises. Forget it. No, this is what the book. Uh, this is what Mister Rochester says. He says, "Hey, the reason she went crazy is first of all, her family is all crazy, and second of all, that place. You know how that place is. It's enough to right. drive someone crazy. You know it's it like people, people kind of like yeah. poke fun at um the 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 North, like, like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. It's like always, always, um, snowy, always cold. You can't go outside. And that's why there's so many alcoholics is because you have nothing else to do with your time other than Ooh, drink. Yeah. Damn, that hits a nerve, but it's true. It's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> but it might they be. say the Caribbean is hot. It's mm-hmm. poisonous. Humid, there's a lot of bad air. Poison. There's a lot of bugs, fever and egg and things. Mm-hmm. So, like you can't help but go mad exactly. if you are from Dominica. And it's a little bit, just a little bit racist or a little bit, it, it trends towards racism because if we say, okay, the place does this to human beings, then well, what do we say about all the human beings who are natives there? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So this is the background from Jane Eyre. Just a few key points. That's the background from Jane Eyre? That's mm-hmm. kind of what you need. That's, that's. That, wait, all that stuff happens in Jane Eyre? Yes. That's all. That's all that, stuff that okay. happens in, the, in Jane Eyre. It's yep. in Jane Eyre. Okay. Okay. So hold that, hold that in your mind. Okay. Well, we moved to um, history. That was a, that's quite a bit, but I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> maybe not, write it down. Much. Okay. Nick, maybe I'm, take notes. I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. Think of those shadow rules. Rochester is sympathetic, but flawed. One. Mm-hmm. Yep. His wife is mad, mur- murderous, and not quite white. Two. Mm-hmm. The Caribbean is a place of madness. Three. I didn't realize race was such a big thing in Jane Eyre, which I totally read. <laughs> um, to be fair, I think I read Jane Eyre a couple of times before I realized that his wife was not was not white. Right. So, so this is okay. something where where so it's not like overtly talked about. No, necessarily. no. It's then this is one of the things that uh, that a lot of kind of classic literature by white people did was present right. white as kind of the default. So if you're not if, 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 if race isn't mentioned, it's assumed that everyone's white. If race is mentioned, that's when we, oh, so-and-so is. Well, depending on who your author is, but yeah, sure, for sure. So that's, that's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's talking about race by sort of not really discussing race, except for in this specific way. Okay. Okay. So, All right. I think I'm caught up on Jane Eyre. No need to read that book. Yep. You're done. You're good. What's you're this set. new one about? All right. I'm going to walk you guys quickly through some history. In, in 1789, um, a little bit after the U.S. kind of goes rebellion and, and becomes independent, France does something uh, akin. Um, and then a couple years after that, in Haiti, in the Caribbean, the Haitian Revolution starts. And a lot of Haitian uh, enslaved people had been like reading French Revolution stuff. They're like, hey, man, yeah, liberty, equality, fraternity. Hey, let's let's abolish like these oppressive regimes and stuff. So they rebelled. It took them more than a decade, but eventually they won. This is the only slave uh, uh, revolt by enslaved people. Slave led. Yeah. yeah. To, to succeed. Uh, they won. Wow. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And this mm-hmm. is kind of why I'm walking you through this because. You hang your hat on that fact. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, that's, that, yeah. that's come up. I think we've talked about that before. Maybe I mean, once. Guys, we've talked a lot. I just <laughs> we don't talked half awful of what lot. you guys say. Um, okay. So French revolution is doing its thing. Haitian revolution kind of sparked by that connected to it. And they succeed after more than a decade. When it happens, they become a free state. Haiti becomes a free state. And what France, France is the ones that they kicked out. What France immediately does is they go and park a bunch of ships outside of Haiti and say, We'll shoot you with our cannons unless you pay us 150 million francs, mm-hmm. which is about 30, like a lot. $30 billion today. 
Oh, seems like God. a lot. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Or we'll shoot you. Or we'll shoot you. And the reason, you, you might say why. Well, the reason is all of those slaves who are now enslaved people who are now free, they were the property of French people. We're valuing them at 150 million francs. And so you need to pay that debt back. Right. You okay. have taken away 150 million francs worth of enslaved human flesh from the French. So please give us $30 billion. Hey, if you don't want to pay it right now, we got an installment plan for you, baby. <laughs> Haiti was paying this off. So this, this takes place in um, 1804. Haiti was paying this off for the next 143 years. Wait, wow. is that true? It's true. Like so wait, 18, what, let's do some math on it. Was it 1854? So they finished this in 19. That's like not that long ago. No, no, 18, 18, 1804, 1804, 1804. They finished 1904. in 19, 1947. Wow. And this was after the French Fucking government said, puke. <laughs> this God, is after the French always. government said uh, in 1838, you know what? We see you're not going to get all the way up to 150. We'll cut that down to 90 million francs, which is about 21 you're billion. You're welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it still took them. And, and there's, we could get into how like, the idea that yeah, there, there are yeah, that's uh, a whole different episode. Yeah. Our scholars who think that this kind of crippled Haiti uh, couldn't they couldn't build infrastructure. Yeah, anyway, no shit, the point is, this is all kind <laughs> of like happening. Nick says it's a whole episode. Like it's like, oh well, we could sort that out. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can do that in an hour. <laughs> like we could figure it out in an episode. <laughs> no, it just seems like there's some uh, <laughs> rich. <laughs> there's uh, some more facts to that story. Anyway, okay, so this is so that's, going to that's become all happening. Vital to uh, the next part of what you're about to say. It is. Okay. That's all happening up in Haiti. And you, you got to remember, this happens, this this sort of like, they're successful, 1804, they finally throw off the French, and the French then levy this huge debt. And, yeah. and England, England is watching this whole thing. England is watching this whole thing, and they actually outlaw the slave trade in a couple of years, a couple of years after this happens. They say, okay, this slave thing is kind of, it's, it's, it's run its course. So in 1807, England outlaws the slave trade. And then 30 years uh, after that, they pass the they pass the Slavery Abolition Act, which abolishes all slave ownership. So now, if you own a slave in any British Empire country, those slaves are free. Okay. So this is right. like the stuff did, that happens in Haiti is the slaves take the, the the debt at all. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's French. That's between the Haitians and the French. The British are not getting involved okay. with that. All right. Um, but the British, the British whole kind of move, these moves are in response to, wow, uh, that didn't go well for the French. Uh, let's do something with this. And and on the one hand, like good, good call abolishing this, like the institution of slavery. Yeah, I'm always pro no slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when you've got white slave owners living kind of at this level and then the social the social order is kind of just like destroyed then you've got a bunch of former enslaved people who are like cool but also we we have no infrastructure we have nothing now right and you've got a bunch of white people who are used to being in charge and now they're they they have they have zero power. They have they have very, very little power. And so in this sort of extremely complicated cultural social situation where slavery has just been ended, there are no more slaves. White people who used to own slaves are like, 
So how do we live now? Mm-hmm. We have to do our own work. What is that? Certainly, Maybe we'll get certainly their government help them get out of the situation and move on, right? No. C- certainly the people <laughs> in charge of their of their country helped them. What correct? actually happened was that new money, so new money, new new non-slave owner related people came in and started exploiting the whole situation. Ah. So, you know, poverty wages and yeah. also opportunity, also yeah. Opportunism, yeah. All the stuff that was kind of built up using the 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 morally bankrupt system of slavery, all this stuff was then kind of just sitting there. Yeah. And the new money could come in and be like Ah, we'll buy this, we'll refurbish it, we'll pay these newly free, extremely poor, recently enslaved people, we'll pay them minimum wages, and we'll we'll refurbish everything. So slavery is over. Do I need to know this before I read this book? No, this is the thing. This is the thing. The book kind of explores and describes this, and it actually does a pretty good job of, of, of walking you through this stuff. Okay. I didn't know this history before I read this book. Okay. As a result of reading this book, I got most you of it. You did some digging. I, yeah. yeah, so I filled in some gaps, but yes, Google this book searches. kind of gives yeah. you a lot of this stuff. So in this in this background, right, Jane Eyre, Rochester is sympathetic but flawed. The wife is mad murderous and not quite white. And um, uh, uh, People are the terrible. Caribbean is, is, is a place of poison. That's the Jane Eyre background. And the <laughs> historical background is all kinds of turmoil and kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. What a good word. Mm-hmm. It's a great word. Awesome. Yeah. This story. This- Ian, this feels like an appropriate time for some Reese's Pieces. Do you agree? (laughs) (laughs) Tasty. Jean Reese um, is born in 1890 in Dominica. Her dad is a doctor, a Welsh doctor. He is a white man. And her mom is a third generation Dominican Creole. So her mom is going to be in Mm. Dominica for a handful of generations at this point. Three, I guess. Third generation. Um, But she is not. She's white, right? She is of Scots descent. This is the family that Jean Reese is born into. She is raised in Dominica. She goes to school there until she's about 16 years old. And then at a certain point, she is shipped out to England and educated there. And from there on out, for a long time in her life, she would be pretty firmly an outsider. Just like Reese's Pieces. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I get our play in this game. Yeah. So she's pretty firmly an outsider. Like she gets made fun of at school. She has like this weird Creole accent, right? And, and, okay. and she t- take, has a chip on her shoulder. I don't, I don't know that part. You don't know that um, part. She probably okay. did have a chip on her shoulder though. Probably did. Or a Reese's Pieces. A little, pee, a little piece out of her shoulder. She grows up in England. This episode brought to you by peanut butter m Right. <laughs> she begins her adult life in England and she starts writing. Um, during her lifetime, um, she, this is, keep in mind, like this would be like 1910 at this point we're talking at right, right now. Um, during her lifetime, she would be married a handful of times. And I do, I do want to point out how, cool her husband's names were. Oh. Can I share some names with you? How many does he have? Well, she's married three times. So that's, that's already probably at least six names. That's quite a bit. And these are like, keep in mind, these are like British people. I'm sorry, is this a game? Is this, is this for the no, game? No, this is a segment. This is a segment called Reese's Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken to naming my segments. <laughs> She's married three times. Two of her husbands end up in jail. This next segment is just me talking. It's called Nick talking. Here it is. We're in it right now. 
the words are coming out of my Joe, mouth. Joe, you're doing great. Keep it going, bud. Yeah, I think so, too. I just Two did, I didn't know Nick, we did segments, like but this. I'm not against it. Keep going, Joe. <laughs> Nick, two of her husbands end up in jail. Her first husband and her third husband, okay. both for money crimes. It's money crime. Money. <laughs> sounds like a theme. Um, <laughs> it does. It does sound like a theme. I'll write that down. She wrote money. Nick her whole life. Um, she would kind of write in fits and starts. She only found kind of some success and she would disappear for long periods of time. In fact, like in three different publications, she was referred to as like the former, uh, she was referred to as dead um, as in different publications throughout her lifetime because she what? basically would write a little something and then fall off the face of the planet for 15 years and then write a little something and fall off the face of the planet. This is why I like Jean Reese because she's not like a literary elite. She's not, you know, uh, a blue blooded, you know, educated at Oxbridge and so forth. She's no. like, she pops up, she marries a criminal, he gets sent to prison, mm-hmm. they divorce, she writes a book, and then people think she's dead for 10 years. It's great. I'm sorry, do people, what? Do people actually think she's dead? I don't know what you're talking about at all. Yes, people actually think she is dead for 10 years. Okay. Like there's newspaper articles talking about her work where they're like, yeah, but she's dead. Didn't they have to like launch an international hunt for her at some okay, point? This is the best part. At a certain point, somebody takes one of her stories and they want to turn it into a radio drama. So this would be like the 1920s, 1930s, right? They want to turn it into a radio drama and they put out an ad in the newspaper looking for any information about her because they want the permission to do this. She sees this ad in the newspaper and responds to it. It was the first time anybody had heard from her in 15 years. I think, I think people used to disappear a lot more before. Like, yeah, this is like, this is early 1900s, right? This, this probably happened all the time. Early mid 1900s. Well, okay. Pre email. Definitely pre email. -email. So that's probably has something to do with it. The only other thing I would say is this person that right reached out to her that turned this into a radio drama, they really started encouraging her to keep writing or start writing again. It seems like, like Reese had stopped in the meantime. And that is when Reese writes Ian's book, right? Like this book would be published in 1966. It is from what I can tell, far and away the most popular thing that she ever wrote. Absolutely. It launched her into like literary stardom, star-ishdom. Ian made a funny face, so I'm going to say star-ishdom, no, no, stardom-ish. Star-ish. Yeah, it launched Star-ish. her into literary stardom, and she's Star-adjacent. And from that time, like for the rest of her life, so from 1966 until 1979, she actually lived as kind of a big deal. Um, she... Uh, in an interview said that it was far too late in her life for it to matter. Um, in, in her belated descent to literary fame, she commented, quote, it has come too late. Well, that's, what a bitter response. <laughs> Holy cow. In this book, here's what happens. Okay. We've got all of our background. Um, our main character, point of view character for the first chunk and the last chunk mostly, is a girl named Antoinette. And she, remember I told you about the slaveholders who the government said, no more slaves, you're on your own. Um, No, like figuring out how to live your life. Like you're just, um, she's a child of former slaveholders. She grows up in Jamaica. Um, She sees her family's fortunes kind of change. First, they go really, really, really bad. And then gradually, eventually, like they get better. Her mom marries some of this new money. 
and things kind of improve. Um, she sees Jamaicans, native Jamaicans rioting um, because, you know, obviously things are, are, are bad for them and mm-hmm. um, they, uh, they, I'm sorry, Ian, Ian, you've kind of been skirting around this whole topic of uh, race. What, yeah. I'm sorry. What does any of this have to do with what, what we're talking about for somebody who hasn't read Jane Eyre? What, what is all well, this? It sounds like the main character Antoinette is from this. It's like, she is a former, is it a former slaveholding family that yes. is now yes. in England? So she's like somebody who had essentially their entire economic livelihood ripped out from under them and is now like, well, you're on your own. So she is, she is a white, what they would call a Creole. So she is a white person whose family has lived in the Caribbean for a long time. Who's she? Who? Our main character ends up being the mad woman in the attic. Okay. Okay. So she's a white Creole. She's lived there for a long time. And remember what we said about what they thought this environment did to people. It poisoned them. If you're civilized and you live there, oh, it makes you, it makes you, it strips away all of your inhibitions. It makes you, you know, it makes you mad. She is kind of watching this dramatic, very, very quick shift in the whole culture. And also she's dealing with mental health issues of her own. So she's, you know, her mother um, undergoes some trauma, loses a child, and her mother seems to have mental health issues. Antoinette, our main character, also like copes with all of this and eventually she gets married. It's an arranged marriage and things start out okay in this arranged marriage, but they don't stay okay. Gradually she and her husband who is not named, but who is definitely Mr. Rochester. (laughs) (laughs) Who's not named, but it's definitely him guys. (laughs) They start to grow apart. They're kind of like they, they go through this period. She and her husband, they go through this period where it's like, Hey, we're in love. But then they both realize, no, we're not. We're not in love. And then they kind of hate each other. And she tries to get a, or she she does get one of her old friends who is from the island of Martinique. So she is uh, a native. She gets her friend to do some voodoo to try and get the husband back. And it goes dreadfully wrong. And then the last section of the story, our main character, Antoinette, is the monster we've kind of seen her we've seen we've seen the events that lead up to her being this mentally ill alcoholic um uh person with violent tendencies locked away by her husband who hates her So, so what this, what this book is doing is Jane Eyre takes Mr. Rochester at his word in Jane Eyre. The monster is a monster because Mr. Rochester says so. And the book believes him. Mm-hmm. And so we believe sure. him. Yeah. like Frankenstein, this book, this book kind of has an argument, which is to say, let's look at, uh, Bertha Antoinette, the monster. Let's like her story is worth telling. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think, Part of why this book works is because it gives us a good story that is interesting. If the argument of the book is this story is worth telling, it better be a worthwhile story. And I think the story that is told is a worthwhile story. It not only explains like kind of how we get to the place we get to in Jane Eyre, but also it explores 
like a whole facet of this, of the Jane Eyre story. And honestly, a facet of sort of social like history that I had no idea about. Did, did she ever comment on why she wrote this book? Like did, why, like, why is this a book? Sorry, I did hear, I just heard one quick origin story of, um, she had received the novel of Jane Eyre as a gift from one of her husbands. Um, and they, (laughs) and I don't know what she thought of it at the time. Um, I do know that it prompted her like among other things to start writing this book. And then in a fight with one of those husbands, she burned the manuscript for this at one point. Like she had the manuscript all typed out and she, they got in the fight and she threw it into the fire. Um, (laughs) that does not answer Nick's question of why, what prompted her to write it. I think, I think it's interesting. So, so I think part of why it's important to deal with Reese's pieces is that the figure of the monster of Antoinette, our main character in the story, the monster in the attic in Jane Eyre, parallels in some ways Reese herself. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yep. So <laughs> Reese is <laughs> Reese is born in the Caribbean. She has parents who, especially one parent who is a white Creole, somebody who's been there for a long time, but is not fully like they they won't be looked at as a native. In part because they're white, in part because they might be descended from or connected to some of these this oppression. So Reese has this history. And when she reads this book, when she reads Jane Eyre, and she sees this sort of like offhand flip, oh, as a Caribbean wife, and she was horrible and idiot, idiot and, and murderous and lustful yeah. and just the worst. You know, you know how those Caribbeans are. Exactly. It's kind of a taking back of a voice. It's kind of a restoring of a voice. It's what would the monster Bertha? say if she had a chance this is like if wicked was written by an actual witch like like if a witch is like that's not how witches are that this this is racist against green people (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna set the record straight well i think yeah and this is this is some of the task of of what they call revisionist history and that that's kind of a word that has bad connotations or it can because people think oh you're revising history you're you're changing you're changing the historical record what is that you piece of shit <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> what are you <laughs> doing <laughs> alternate facts but i think i think the idea behind good revision is to see again revision rewrite theme of the episode right Right. What are we calling them? Circle. Got books. Got books. Got books. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, so, 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 so this is, yeah. this is different eyes. If the eyes of Jane Eyre are very much like Mr. Rochester's fixed on England, this is a different perspective from someone who says, Hey, I, I know what, I know what yeah. the Caribbean is like. Let's, mm-hmm. let's write yeah. it from a, di- it's a cool idea, right? Like, yeah, even it's just the creative process. Like, I think it's yes. like a cool, like, let's just retell the story basically from the other person's perspective. And I think uh, who is just like an absolute nobody right in the book, right? Like, a mm-hmm. just this worse, worse than nobody. She's a mon Like she is a monster. Yeah. It's it, she, she's not just kind of a servant in the background. She puts the star in monster. Yeah, abs- you bet she does. I, I, would say. <laughs> I think sometimes these books can be a little bit mm, perfunctory. The, these kinds of books. It's like, mm, yes. Oh, well, you know, like what if, what if, what if this, um, what's my phrase? What if monster, but human like this whole oh, good God, I'll bleep yeah. that out. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like, let's take this, this, this story and we'll turn it on its head. 
Um, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. These aren't quite the same thing, but they're this, this classic literature gets flipped on its head through a different lens. Is this as shitty as those examples? No, this is way, (laughs) way, 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 way better. This is why. So I'm saying, I'm saying this is so much better because this could stand on its own. Like, I think it's richer. It's so much more rich knowing the history and knowing Jane Eyre. But honestly, this is a good book to read first. Like, I think a good prequel doesn't require you to have interesting because you read this first i think if you read this first and then you read jane eyre you would be looking at the book jane eyre with like Uh uh-huh yeah really pretty pretty dubious and i think honestly i think this i think they exist in this kind of weird like symbiotic relationship where you read them by themselves they're fine but when you read them both and especially like when you reread. So I know next time I read Jane Eyre, it's going to be a totally different experience yeah. having read White Sargasso Sea. I think if I were to reread White Sargasso Sea, having recently read Jane Eyre, same thing. So I think this is this is why I like this book. And I'm so glad Danae suggested it. I'm so glad that that I had finally had a chance opportunity to read it. It works. It stands as a good, well-told, interesting story on its own. And as an added bonus, like DLC, you also get a ton of of interesting parallels and connections if you choose. This book is drawn in shades of gray. And I think in that way, it's it's much more modern than Jane Eyre. There's pictures? There are no pictures. Sorry. Sorry, Nick. I see the disappointment on Nick's face. No, Jane Eyre is... Jane Eyre is drawn in black and white. There are good guys and there are bad guys. And even the bad guy, even even the, the sort of like morally flawed characters like mr rochester he ends up he, he's a he's a good guy he's so attractive mm-hmm. they're bad attractive good guys are bad. always good yes of course good guys and yes. bad guys in jane Eyre. and this book is like this book won't ascribe sort of sort of simple conclusions oh well antoinette is completely fine or her husband is completely terrible or her her old friend who tries to do the voodoo and doesn't it doesn't go well she's she's um, a bad person for messing where she shouldn't have. It's just like, yeah, people do things and oftentimes they make mistakes and oftentimes those mistakes hurt other people. And then we pick up the pieces and those pieces are oftentimes jagged. Next week, next week, we will look at another rewrite or as Nick would say, another God book. Yeah, another God book. <laughs> That's the worst one we've come up with. I liked it when it was called it's Riffs. Not. It's Riffs. not. Because God, Milk already ha- God book already has the branding. So we just That's true. knock off their branding. Um, next week, we will read. Uh, we'll, we'll look at. Um, <laughs> next week, we're going to take a look at a book called on beauty written by zadie smith big fan of the show no that's not true she's alive um, don't she, don't maybe, speak it into existence um zadie smith this is written this is based on a book by e.m forrester called howard's, howard's end, end which is a book that ian has read and i will be bringing on beauty so we're not doing a we're not doing a, a, a classic episode next time um because I yeah. didn't, I didn't prepare to talk about Howard's end, and also it doesn't really matter that much. But no, uh, I will, I will be, I will be um, doing what I call Howard's pieces. <laughs> a new a segment. segment. What? Stop bringing <laughs> segments. <laughs> a rambling segment. <laughs>
Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about uh, on beauty and uh, Howard's on next next week, mostly about on beauty. Um, Danae will continue their reign of terror. Thank you, Danae. All right, I'm going to read a quote to close. Uh, this is from the second section, which is narrated by Antoinette's husband, not named basically Mr. Rochester. And remember, he over the course of time gradually comes to despise her. And he he adds this despise despisal. He also despises the country, which factors into his kind of dislike of, oh, the Caribbean makes people mad. He says, I hated the mountains and the hills, the rivers and the rain. I hated the sunsets of whatever color. I hated its beauty and its magic and the secret I would never know. I hated its indifference and the cruelty which was part of its loveliness. Above all, I hated her, for she belonged to the magic and the loveliness. She had left me thirsty, and all my life would be thirst and longing for what I had lost before I found it. Thank you.